gals and non-binary pals oh my god you're such an ally i love it i got i got it i got it i always stumble on the phrase when i try to do it but i'm like he brandy joe says it so well but yes welcome to scaring is sharing uh it's the place where we scare our shares with each other and you that's right so jeremy i have a random question for you yes so there's a word that means the same thing as automobile that starts with the letter v will you say it for me vehicle oh my god i got called out at work this week granted i worked at ford right which is an automobile company although we're being like we're more of a mobility company not an automobile company but anyway do you know how i say that word and i got called out this week how how do i say it i bet you say it as vehicle i do but i mean not quite i say vehicle but yeah. like, yeah, hick. Hick yeah. is in that word because that's how it fucking looks. And then yeah. everyone was like, why do you say it like that? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like that's vehicle. That's the way it looks. And then I looked it up online and it's like, you don't pronounce the H. I'm like, you don't pronounce the H? Oh. It's like hard to say vehicle. I've always taken it as like, it's just one of those words where there's different pronunciations. Uh, what I've really noticed is like, I feel like vehicle is like a midwestern thing and then <laughs> and maybe east coast and then v vehicle where you like emphasize the hick part is i've noticed out west and down south a lot more maybe i also have to consciously say the word theater because i in my blood and how i was raised would say theater theater that's, okay as opposed to theater like so it's that same like i have to consciously now say vehicle and i, I would say it <laughs> theater theater and that's my mid that's my midwestern coming out really bad theater okay but i do have a lead in into some horror territory in regards to the word vehicle and that's that david gordon green has talked about how halloween ends how he's compared it to christine yeah i'm utterly fucking confused i saw that <laughs> headline uh and i'm like okay well everything they said in the lead up to halloween kills like wasn't at all what the movie was when it came out so i'm like what are they talking about now and again, I go back to Halloween four and a five. And I wonder if like Michael Myers is like Christine and that the granddaughter is like, what's his name? The lead in Christine, the character. Oh, yeah. I can't like even... Bobby or something like that. Yeah, whatever his name is. But yeah, he's going to become Richie. Is it Richie? Sure. Let's call oh him Richie. God, you should know. But I hit Christine's not one of like my top movies. Arnie. Arnie, that sounds right. Yes, Keith Gordon, he is so fucking good in that movie. Yeah, Christine is a, it's a good flick. I haven't seen it in a long time though, and it's not okay. like one of my usual go tos that I ever think of. Even though it is John Carpenter, sure. uh, and it is Stephen King, you know, together, which is like a mwah, should be a chef's kiss. I should revisit it. But instead of a chef's kiss, it's more like an Arby's fry. Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> and uh, Halloween ends, so either Michael Myers, uh, the, I guess the spirit may possess somebody, like they might become obsessed with it. I was thinking Michael Myers is going to become a car, is what they're saying. At the end 
<laughs> I think that that's like what they're trying to say to like throw people off and for people to be having this very conversation that we're having now. Yeah, it's uh, he's going to turn into a car because anything's possible at this point after watching Halloween kills. So, But Christine is essentially like this guy gets this car that is like sort of haunted, possessed, whatever. And the car starts sort of like doing his bidding and changing him so that's where i think like spiritually it must somehow be like that where michael myers is like the car or the sure. shape or whatever i mean they already lied to us about like how much they were talking about like halloween kills you know it's gonna cement that like yes he's scary and evil but he's still just a man and then you watch that movie and you're like no he's a like a fucking vampire at this point he's undefeatable so like what are you talking about this movie is the opposite of what you're saying so sure yeah. he, he becomes a car i bet <laughs> <laughs> or maybe maybe he gets a monster truck that would be awesome <laughs> <laughs> NASCAR. Yeah, he's just <laughs> <laughs> Michael Myers running people down. He uses only a car to kill people. Oh my god! Or he be like how in that Halloween four that was like unmade, he was supposed to become like a giant. Maybe he yeah. literally turns into a car. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just yeah, like transforms, like a transformer. There's yes. a scene where he just like wah, 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 and he's a car. More than meets the darkest eyes yes with knives <laughs> coming out of like the front of it like out of the grill <laughs> it's just a bunch of knives oh my god someone who does art needs to come up with that and be like based on the new conversations here's what i imagine michael myers to look <laughs> the mask to look like in halloween ends and it's just like he's turned into the car yeah it's the mask is painted on the hood <laughs> <laughs> well jeremy listen we have, I think, more teragrams than ever today. We have, as I have liked to call it, because I love alliteration, a trifle of teragrams. Oh and not God. like a thing of little value or importance, but rather a British dessert of sponge cake fruit covered with layers of custard, jelly, and cream. Yes, these are very creamy, jelly-filled. They are. So emails, why don't you kick us off? Because I have a couple as well. I know. The re you sent me two, and I was like, holy shit, we must have a lot of them then. And then I have three. So oh, holy actually, shit. let me start off. Okay, you go first. I mean, yeah. mine are short, yours are longer. But the first one, I think, is from a friend of yours. Mm. At least, like, I Facebook stalked him and saw that he is friends with you on Facebook. And he's is super cute. And his name is Brett Wheat. <gasps> oh, Brett! Brett Wheat. Yeah, Brett Wheat is one of my oldest closest friends i've known him since high school he was part of my high school group of guys that i'm all still friends with uh and he's okay. out now he lives out in la now and i actually yeah. just saw him he stopped by when we were moving into our oh. new house so, oh my god uh, he is like a beyond cute and like a filmmaker like just all the cool things great dude you know he's an awesome friend to have by, at your side so there you go brett love you thanks brett okay so here's what brett says I also want to join the hate train on Halloween Kills. The only way it would have been better was to drag out the firefighter scene another hour and make Michael McDonald the main character. The end. And Brett, 100% on both fronts. That firefighter scene was so cool. And like uh -huh. you said, I mean, I'm glad I didn't watch the trailer, but I did hear about it because everyone was up in arms. Not everyone. Firefighters and their families yeah. or whatever were kind of up in arms in regards to it and i'm like what it's michael myers like he kills everybody yeah it's <laughs> it not like we're saying like oh if you're a firefighter you deserve to die so no it's just him killing everyone in his path yeah and michael mcdonald was definitely like the best character like, like yeah. that the big john and little john were like the best so. yeah they fucking rocked 
Yeah. So now you read one. Okay. Well, thanks, Brett. Yes, Great Brett. You. Thank you so much. Great You're to amazing. hear from you. Uh, okay. So, and this is from Ethan, a VIP friend of the podcast, Ethan. Ethan. Sub the subject line is zombie stuff. Uh, which I love to talk about. And he says, hey guys, just writing in after the Train to Busan talk, I absolutely love this movie. Zombie movies tend to lean on either scale of super good or super awful. And I'm happy this one delivered. Some of the zombie movies that I really liked were obviously Train to Busan, Hashtag Alive, and The Horde. Uh, these three movies share a few things in common. All are non-English films. All three are very good. And lastly, all three feature fast-running zombies. So I'm wondering, how do, you how do you two feel about zombie speeds? Do you like them superhuman fast or slow and lingering? I know a lot of it's based on the setting, but it seems like, for me personally, I tend to lean towards my fast fiends. Hope all is well, and thanks for all the scary content. Bye. Ethan. Ethan. Uh, I just, I know I say it every time he writes him, but I just love him. Uh, fast zombies are definitely better. Like when Dawn of the Dead came out, mm -hmm. it was just like, like, I feel like it blew lots of people's minds because we're so used to the Romero zombie. And yeah. I just like the fast zombies. Is, and then 28 Days Later, I think came out after Dawn of the Dead, right? Or which? Right, around the same time. Okay. I don't because remember whichever who... one. Those two were like the first ones where I remember Fast I, Zombies. I want to say Dawn of the Dead was first. I think 28 Days Later came after, but I might be wrong. Dawn of the Dead's 2004. 28 Days Later is 2002. So 28 oh, Days Oh, it was later, first. It okay. First. Got it. And that, yep. And I remember because that was the rage. They were infected with the rage. Yeah, they rage. were infected with a virus. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was definitely like, holy shit. That's why 28 Days Later was so fucking kick ass. And then Dawn of the Dead was that first like American version. Yes. And retelling of story that we'd already seen with slow zombies with now fast zombies. So yeah. that's why it also evolved because it took a story we've seen before, although yeah. I hadn't actually seen it before that and made them fast and scary. Yeah. Uh, well, you kind of had seen it because I feel like the slow, the Romero zombie had become so ingrained in pop culture that that you already totally. knew. I just you hadn't seen the original Donald. Yeah, Man. you hadn't seen the movie, but you understood because it's oh, so yeah. ingrained in us from those movies. Yeah, I mean, man, I love zombies. I'll take them either way. I, <laughs> I love I love all kinds. of. It just depends on how well the movie does it. Um, like, because to me, you know, the, the holy like trinity of zombie movies is Romero's Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. Like, that's the starting point I feel like you go to for like great zombie movies. But there's been, like you said, I remember it was around, I was, it was towards the end of high school and then going into college when I feel like there was a, just a glut of new zombie movies in theaters all doing different things. Because you had 28 Days Later, which I know a lot of people get mad about on the internet because they're like, it's not zombies, it's infected. And it's like, but it's the same fucking thing. It functions yeah. the same way a zombie movie does. So it's a zombie movie. Um, you know, that came out. That was scary. Then you had Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead happen. Uh, one of my biggest oh shit moments in a horror movie ever is in the beginning when that little girl attacks them and like yeah. and runs jumps up and oh runs at them. When I think of that, that's what I think it's of. It's one of the movie. scariest horror movie moments for me ever. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, oh shit, like that is freaky. And then Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, but then you also had at the same time Shaun of the Dead comes out, which is a loving tribute to the Romero style of zombies, and that's done, I think, very well. Mm -hmm. Um 
and, and what else? And then there was also Romero did his Land of the Dead around then too, like when he finally came back to the zombie movie. Granted, it's a little underwhelming; it's nowhere near as good as his earlier stuff, but it was a return to his uh, uh, his milieu with the zombies. And that was the one too that really pumped up though the smart zombies because in Land of the Dead, all of a sudden they're learning how to like use tools and attack people with weapons and stuff. Oh, so that was like a that. yeah, it was a little much, but can be a fun twist. Yeah, I feel like the slow zombies are good in that way where it's like, okay, uh, well, they're slow. Like, of course, you know, it's not hard to outrun them or outsmart them. But like, if you put mm-hmm. yourself in a situation like Night of the Living Dead where you're stuck in a house or like anywhere where all of us, like you have them contained, but then something kind of goes out of control. And then before you know it, they're they're you're trying to hold them back and they're biting you and people are getting infected. And mm-hmm. I think there's something scary to showing how the slow zombie can still overwhelm yes yeah so i feel like as we've seen that so much that that was a natural evolution to make them fast to combat anyone being like oh they're slow like of course just like i run them outrun them get in the car and whatever yeah so i feel it's a I natural also, progression i wanted to con uh convolute the conversation a little bit too which is i also like zombies where you um take it and add another dimension to it. And specifically, I'm thinking about the original Evil Dead movies, where to me, those are zombie movies. Granted, it's like demonic possession, but they still, again, function the same way where people turn into undead uh, monsters. But now with other powers where they can fucking fly and they have like demonic, you know, they're demonically infused. So I also like that angle too. Or uh, I think of um, not Mario Bava, I'm forgetting his name, the son, the, the younger Bava the Younger with his demons movies, which also function like, you know, zombie movies, demons and demons too. Granted, it's supposed to be people, they're possessed by demons, but they just turn into undead, rotten, like monsters and start biting people. I don't buy into that philosophy. So I, think I enjoy totally those. separate things. You think, think they're totally did, separate? Yeah, they are. <laughs> Possession and being taken over by some sort of thing that just makes you alive but dead, I feel are very different jeremy but they do bite people and then turn them into monsters too so it does not function always. like like a zombie movie so i don't know i don't in, know at least in demons and uh yeah okay all right you might be right but I we still... can agree to disagree yeah <laughs> maybe they're demon maybe evil dead falls on the line between demon movie and zombie movie i think it kind of occupies a weird space yeah i've never thought that ever and i mean while i see your point i'm not gonna say you're wrong i'm just gonna say i don't agree with you <laughs> that's fine that's fine <laughs> but i would love to hear anyone who's listening what your debate is yeah what do you guys think Scaring is sharing at gmail.com. <laughs> All right. So our next one is from good old teacher Drew. And teacher Drew writes, hey, guys, episode 53. Wow. Just wow. And Pedagore was on my watch list on Shutter, but I had forgotten about it. When I started listening, I literally stopped and watched it before finishing the podcast, which we talked about. Does anyone actually do that? Yeah. Okay. Drew. It's cool. So exciting. Cool. Very I cool. love Asian horror in general. And this movie was great. The heavy atmosphere, the culture, the soundtrack, it all pulled me in. Thanks for reminding me about this gem. I give it four skin-free babies. <laughs> I said skinless and he said skin-free. And I think that that speaks like to that. something about Teacher Drew. Furthermore, he says, I'm a huge Brian De Palma fan, but somehow Sisters was not on my radar at all. I will have to find it and give it a watch. No horror for me at the AMC this past week. I live and breathe the the mcu so of course i saw the eternals till next week love to you both teacher drew in phoenix and 
I mean, uh, sure. The I the MCU. I just I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, I know. know you you do. You're not a you're not a comic book kid like uh, I grew up reading Marvel comics and DC comics and stuff. So now, where does Spider Man into the Spider Verse fall? That's MCU. No, that's DC. No, he's Marvel. He's, he's Marvel. Marvel. He's Marvel. But there's this weird um, before Marvel Studios like before Marvel Comics created their actual production company, Spider-Man's movie rights had been sold off to another uh, Sony, I believe specifically. So as Marvel started to make their MCU, uh, Spider-Man still was pop. You know, he was, Sony never let go of their production rights to him. So that's why he occupies this weird space where sometimes he's kind of in there, but he's got his own movies that are not part of the MCU because they had to work out this weird deal because Marvel's, of course part of Disney now. And they're trying to bring everything Marvel ever owned back in house to be owned yeah. by them and produced by them. So I think in the spot. last, in the last decade, the only superhero movies I've seen are the two wonder one woman movies, which I saw both of them last holiday season mm-hmm. and then Spider-Man into the spider verse. And that blew my fucking mind, just like yeah. everyone talked about it doing. And yeah. I cried and I just fucking loved it. And I really loved Wonder Woman. And the second Wonder Woman I thought was fine. I know everyone really, really hates on it, but I thought it was fine. I enjoyed myself. It just was long and kind yeah, of embarrassing I, towards the end. I'm actually with you where I, I like the first Wonder Woman's awesome. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is great. The second Wonder Woman, I didn't understand how is it any worse than other comic book movies because I am so, I am a comic book guy. I love superhero stuff, but I am suffering from fatigue now. Because all of the movies that are coming out are, they feel the same thing to me. Every one of them looks like the fucking same movie. And I can't differentiate anymore between good or bad. I'm like, I at least like when they, back in the day, they tried wildly different things with them. And they would either be really terrible or really weird or whatever. I like these older ones now. That's why I keep revisiting. I've had fatigue since X-Men 3. So that's why. It's I've been a long time. It's very little. And like, and I loved X-Men 2. But X-Men, like, 3 X-Men 3 was, was just terrible. So yeah. bad that I was just like, I'm done with this. And then they just started like compounding and like it was like gremlins, like water spilled. There's and they just so many popped out all over the place. And yeah. everyone's so horny for them. Like, I'm just like, ugh. Especially Marvel. I'm I am that contrarian too, where I'm like, all the Marvel movies are exactly the same thing to me over and over now. Like it's been cool to see characters I never thought were gonna get adapted, like adapted to other media than just the comic book page. Uh like Doctor Strange or you know, someone like that, but Guardians of the Galaxy. But beyond that, I don't know. This is why I like going back to DC comics with Batman and Justice League and stuff, because they're still doing weird shit that's either really bad or interesting so and that's also actually batman begins was probably the last one prior to this last year that i had seen and unlike everyone else i thought it was boring af and had no desire to see anything after that and didn't see the dark knight or the dark knight rises or whatever the fuck i just yeah i'd much rather watch a scary movie than a superhero movie so and you know what i'm not and i'm not close-minded to the fact that i'm like i'll never watch them because i mean like i said in the last year i've watched three of them and maybe someday i'll get into it and like all of a sudden just like spend a year of my life catching up and watching all of them it's it's possible i'm not going to close my mind to it you never know all right well you have another one okay and uh this one comes from my brother bert bert birdie um this (laughs) subject line is surprise motherfucker uh which should mean a lot to people that know what he's talking about 
Uh, and here we go. Tonight's the night. It's going to happen again and again. Has to happen. This opening narration serves as the beginning of an experiment in television that eventually became a phenomenon. The experiment asked one simple question. What if you did a crime show where the main character is a serial killer? When the pilot aired, no one thought it would be picked up for a full season. They thought that it was too weird, too different, and to everyone's surprise, it was a hit. Pretty soon, everybody knew the main character's name, and eventually he earned his title, Dexter Morgan, America's favorite serial killer. There is no denying the impact that Dexter has had on pop culture and just culture in general. After the show aired, there were a slew of other shows that tried to copy the formula. Bates Motel, The Following, Hannibal, You. Yet, what is it that has made Dexter more memorable than the other shows? The answer lies with the title character. He is vastly different from the killers of these other shows. He only kills killers, has a moral compass that he will never break, and he does whatever it takes to protect his family. Dexter is a psychopath with a heart of gold, a redeemable monster. He is a character that we can relate to. Now he is back with a revival miniseries, and this has brought back some memories for me. Dexter is probably one of my favorite shows of all time. It was the first show that I binge watched on Netflix. Actually, it might be, it might have been the first show that I ever watched on Netflix. Anyone who knows me knows that I am a big crime and mystery reader. He is. Uh, I also like a good crime show, though if you ask me, Dexter is an inverted crime show. And like so many others, I find the character relatable. I also remember loving the sense of dread that was always present in the show, the not knowing what was going to happen next. I have yet to find a show that has replicated that feeling. I have been thinking about the character lately, and I have come to the conclusion as to why the character has remained so popular. Dexter is not a serial killer. He is a slasher. He is the evolved form of the slasher archetype. He has a high body count, makes quips, and kills creatively. He is also almost unkillable, a slasher for the 21st century. In closing, I say this. It's good to have him back. It's like seeing an old friend again. And now a whole new generation of watchers are going to be introduced to Dexter Morgan and his dark passenger. So, Bert, I have a question for you. Can I watch the new miniseries if I didn't finish the original? Because let me say, I got to that last season and I... All of a sudden, it was like, I, it was around that time I adopted, and I pretty much still have this feeling. When a show starts to feel a little bit like work, and like I sort of am like, ugh, about watching a new episode, I stop watching it, because why? There's so many good shows. Like, you should enjoy watching shows, and I just was watching it out of, like, duty. Yeah. Um. So I'm curious, like, because I would like to watch the new one, but I'm like, do I have to? Maybe I should at least read, like, a Wikipedia on how that season wrapped up. Mm-hmm. I love Dexter for lots of reasons. I thought it had some great scares. I thought it was very fun and bloody and creative. Um, I really liked him because I loved Six Feet Under. So I was a, a, a big fan to see him like do something so differently than Six Feet Under. I was like, oh my God, he's so talented. And and I love Jennifer Carpenter. Ever since Exorcism, Exorcism of Emily Rose, I just loved her. And I loved her on the show. So many people hate her because she's just... I don't know. People find her like annoying to watch, but I've always just fucking loved Jennifer Carpenter so goddamn much. I mm. love her. And that fucking John Lithgow season was, I mean, everyone talks about it, but it is just brilliant. Mm -hmm. Did you watch I, it all? No, I only watched like the first two seasons of Dexter. You didn't get to John Lithgow? No, I don't think. No, I think I, I might have. I, I think, think I might have started that one. And just uh, for some reason, I watched Dexter is like years ago when it was still like happening, you know, and just never got caught up. But I enjoyed what I saw and always meant to go back to it. But for some reason, it was one of those like a lot of TV shows just fell off my radar 
yeah. like in my this would have been in my 20s and let me say i was living a little crazier and wilder <laughs> so i just didn't have as much time for uh i think watching like a serialized story all the way through um but i've been meaning to revisit the whole thing i know the the whole original series i think is on prime so I've been meaning to sit down and watch it all through. Um, but I'm like you. I love Dexter, the character. Like, mm-hmm. Dexter him. Like, he's a fantastic character. Uh, I really enjoyed what I had seen. Getting to spend time with a dark, <laughs> you know, a character. You know me. I like my movies and my shows with your main character who just does terrible things. Like, it's why I'm drawn to something like A Clockwork Orange or, uh, you know, Joker movies where you spend time with a despicable character and i don't know what it is maybe it's like self-reflexive there's something about like you know there's darkness in all of us is that like what i like is that like cathartic to me to watch horrible men do horrible things and i'm like ah that makes me like uh, breaking bad there's another one where you watch walter white just become a monster over time there's something fun to me about that yeah but like with dexter it really was like the serial killer who i mean and it's just, I'm pretty sure it goes off this a little bit, but when it does, it's like a big deal that he is just killing serial killers. Whereas things like Bates Motel, like as much as he is still like, I never compared that to Dexter, 100% you, except for you, he is a total creeper, but you're still kind of like on his side. But Dexter, it's like, he's doing quote unquote, the right thing still by getting rid of these people who are killers. So I think that's what made it so, especially at the time, so unique, but it still holds up because you can't completely do that without completely ripping off Dexter. So people have taken that sort of like the anti-hero, or I I don't know if that's the, the right term you would use, but sort of like this character that is the lead that you follow and you sort of have, you know, you're along for the journey with them, even if they're doing some sort of questionable things. Yeah, and I know that uh, I get Hannibal is actually a pretty good one to compare to where they like kind of tried. It has flavors of Dexter, obviously, and Hannibal the series, which I did enjoy, but it's like, you know, but Hannibal's a total, you know, cold-blooded psychopath. Like, he, he, he has his own moral compass, and it's not necessarily like a normal person's moral compass because like with the character of Hannibal, he kills a lot of assholes like people that you're like, yeah, you know, don't we fantasize about getting rid of terrible people like that, but do they necessarily deserve to die? Probably not, but that's where Hannibal differs. Yeah. So I, I think I'll watch like a recap on the last season and then try the new one. Yeah. I feel like you, cause I, I, had I knew a lot of people, like I worked in offices and stuff where Dexter was like the water cooler talk like when it ended especially. So I know like how the show wrapped up pretty much. So I think I feel like you have to know the ending and then you should be able to jump into the revival. Yeah, but that Colin Hanks season is where it all started to go downhill. And I think Mm -hmm. that was like the penultimate season of the original. But all right, and I have one more message. Thank you, Bert. Yeah, thank you. Yes, Dexter, I feel like is something that is a major horror uh, pop culture touchstone that we've only kind of talked about a little bit in the past so thanks for really putting it in our faces yeah i love it when it gets put right in my face hell yeah (laughs) so i have another one from teacher drew we have a double double header from teacher d Mm. 
And he writes, Hey again, so glad you watched and loved Train to Busan. It's a favorite of mine, and I think it's brilliant. I do have to counter Jeremy, though, on World War Z. Perhaps I went into it a little biased as I loved the novel. The movie itself intrigued me as well. The quiet place vibe of focusing on one family and their survival, but also the insane speed demon zombies. I'm not sure how many times I've watched it. Keep the hits coming, guys. Teacher Drew in Phoenix. I didn't actually read that whole thing, and when he... He just said what you were saying, demon zombies. <laughs> mm -hmm, there it is. Yeah, I loved the novel too, though. Like, I read the novel World War Z, and I just didn't feel like the movie really translated. Like, it took ideas from the novel, but I don't think it really translated. The Like, were you to take the novel World War Z and turn it into a movie, you'd be making a fake documentary, like a mockumentary about, uh, like, a the zombie outbreak, because... The novel's written in a way that it's like telling the history of this zombie outbreak that happened mm -hmm. like after the fact. Uh, and I felt like that would have been a way more interesting movie to do like a freaking, you know, Ken Burns uh, style documentary of like Ken Burns presents the zombie apocalypse or something like that. Like I thought that would have been fascinating, but I don't know. It just felt too. the movie is too like. Here's Brad Pitt. And it's all Hollywood and shit. Not that I hate Brad Pitt or anything, but it's just. The way the movie came to be just is not didn't excite me <laughs> when it came out. I was like, yeah, no. I guess I'm a little surprised with as much as Teacher Drew seems to have liked the novel, because usually and I haven't heard people say like, oh, my God, World War Z is such a good you know, adaptation of the novel. So yeah, I'm surprised like, if you go in and you love the book so much. Mm -hmm. I just didn't hear that it was like the most faithful ad it's, adaptation. It's but, definitely not in my mind. But, you know. I, Teach I their own. Yeah, to each their own. And I don't hate I don't hate World War Z. It's just I thought it was mediocre. So, you know, middle okay. of the road. Like a three star, two and a half or three star movie somewhere in there. I do have to have a little um thing, a little sidebar, because you just said to each their own. And when I was in high school, that was a thing drilled into me in English class is to not say to each their own because to each is a singular, so it would be his or her. So you'd either say to each his own or to each her own or to each his or her own. But in this day and age, Whoa. to each their own is indeed correct because there is the term that that is the pronoun I use when I have not when I don't 100% know because someone has told me what their pronouns are. Mm -hmm. So when I'm writing emails and things and talking about someone, if I've not heard from them what their pronouns are, I use they or them because that is the all encompassing. And I just have to say my English teacher, Mrs. Jackson, I bet she's still teaching that lesson. I don't think she still teaches, <laughs> but that lesson has now changed and to each their own is the way to say it. Yes, I uh, I would think so. I've never heard that. That's crazy. I never had that as a uh, fascinating. Well, that was a lot of teragrams. I think more than we've ever had, which is more. so exciting. That's our entire first half has just been teragrams here. <laughs> I know, but I love it. Lots That's of good cool. combos and um, a new one from Brett. So thanks, Brett. Yeah, awesome. Keep writing, Brett. Yes, keep writing everyone, scaringandsharing at gmail.com or in the Insta, which is how we had Brett and Teacher Drew. And so, yes, lovely to hear from anyone, anytime, all the time. We appreciate it. Do it. So I'm going to, I'll talk about what I watched this week because it's pretty quick and downright. Okay. And then good, I'll, good. And then I'll ask you. Um, so this week, the only thing I watched were the Behind the Monsters on Shudder. Have you watched any of them? I know, but I heard about it and saw well, some like... There's now three out. So okay. there's uh, a Michael Myers, a Chucky, and a Candyman. And they're yeah. just fascinating. They're so much better than that 
the movies we grew up on or whatever. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Like it's a similar sort of thing, but it really is about the philosophy of the monster of these movies. And I think there's two more to come out. I think a Freddy and a Hellraiser, according oh, cool. to the like intro thing. Okay, and it comes in like a couple minutes into it. But the one thing I want to say is I, there's some great information, some great interviews. But in Chucky, they talk about um, a couple of things. What's his Mancini? Don, Don Mancini. Don Mancini. Don, Don, is it Don or Dan? Don. 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 Yep. Don Mancini. Yeah. Don Mancini talks about two interesting things that I didn't know. One was someone told him when he was writing the script to detail what the doll looked like very, very well, because if that doll took off and there was marketing and things like that, that happened because of it, that, that he would want to be able to say, that's the doll that I created and not that someone else has like ownership of. So he was very specific and what it looked like, it's color of hair, all of that, which I just found fascinating. And like, it's a good thing he did because Chucky is so fucking huge now. Yes. And the other thing was that the original script was sort of all around that idea. And there is a joke in the, the second one where she's like, oh, you've seen dolls that pee? Well, this one can bleed. And that was the whole point was that like there were these sort of my buddy dolls that bled. And Andy like did like a blood pact like with his doll. And that's how what brought the doll like to life. Mm -hmm. as opposed to it being like this killer that's in the body of a doll. Like it was something with like a blood brother pact that somehow like created the doll. It oh. was called like blood buddy or something. The original script. Oh, weird. Yeah. So it's, cool. it's, it was really good. I mean, cause Ch Chucky's like the one that I remember when the first one came out, just like mm -hmm. scream, you know, but like as a kid, as I was just getting into horror, that was yep. like the first big one for me. That um, was, yeah, that was also an early uh, slasher series for me as well. I think it was like one of the first that I actually had like watched multiple installments of because uh, they were on TV like all the time uh, as a mm -hmm. young teenager. So I got exposed to those and we're like, these are fun. <laughs> so, and you know, the aspect that I always find so weird is on that cover, not the movie poster, but the VHS cover where he's like standing, like holding the knife. Mm -hmm. like, it's so great but like that knife is like a toy knife it's like you know has like red with like a white squiggly down it yeah yeah and like that's always been so weird because i'm like where did that toy knife come from yet he has it in the movie at one point i think like mm -hmm. when he kills like the the voodoo priest or whatever i think he has that like toy knife oh because they showed a little clip and it, he's holding that knife. but i always remember oh, looking cool. at that poster and being like why isn't he holding just like a regular knife but yeah, I, why I isn't a real it. knife yeah yeah cool but it's like where does this toy knife come from Cool. <laughs> what did you watch this week? I got to flash back a little bit because I haven't mentioned it around Halloween and like shortly after Halloween, I had actually revisited the first two episodes of The Walking Dead. So oh. I've slowly started from the beginning again. And I'm like, holy crap, I forgot. Like I fell off at some point. Like I'm like a couple seasons behind and where Walking Dead currently is probably like several now. Um, but revisiting those first couple of episodes i was like oh yeah hell yeah this show was like so good in the beginning like no wonder oh, it shane no mm. yeah no wonder it captured everyone's attention it's just so well made so um good. except for lori so, i really don't like lori yeah it's a little bit of a i don't know some characters are a little undercooked others are much better so yeah uh, so yeah, I, I'm starting the journey. I'll be slowly rewatching Walking Dead i think now for Is a while. Is Carol still on? Do you know? I think so. I think Carol she's still is the fucking best. Yeah, she became 
definitely top tier character for me like if just not, so layered so like not number one so much and yeah changed so and evolved and like there were times where like you hated her. didn't hate her but like you didn't agree with like her decisions necessarily she made some odd choices but like goddamn she was like layered and complex and just the fucking best and then randomly just made me remember too uh when I was in the office, because now I work from home, you know, forever. But I, when I was in the office, I remember there was somebody that would wear a, some coworker would wear a uh, sweatshirt sometimes that I saw from a distance, but it said uh, like Carol's Cookies or something like that. It had a, like an advertisement for her, you know, cookies she makes throughout the show as like a mm-hmm. fake, fake product of some kind. So I always thought that's cool. I should look that up. Anyway. Um, so I did that, uh, and actually just last night I was hanging out with my brother, hello again, Bert, and we watched, um, the return of Godzilla. That is the eighties revival. It was after the goofy seventies Toho didn't make a Godzilla movie for a minute. So kind of in line with Shin Godzilla, where it was an attempt to turn him back into a scary monster where the whole movie is just Godzilla has returned and is on a rampage. Um, and that's one a little bit kind of like your idea of the idea of like, how about they know what Godzilla is sort of thing. Okay. Um, because in, in the return of Godzilla, the original movie had happened. Like there was okay. an attack from Godzilla in the past and he like disappeared into the ocean and nobody knew what happened to him, but apparently he had been hibernating and came back. So they were like, Oh no, Godzilla's back. And like, what do we do? So hence the return of Godzilla. Yeah. So, yep. So kind of like, <laughs> Kind of like your idea a little bit. Not not movies, not in a meta way, but at least it was a movie where they're like, okay, Godzilla has existed and they had knowledge of him. They were just yes. waiting to see if he was still out there and he comes back and they have to stop him. So it's kind of fun. It's a little over long. I find like there is this whole thing where from the 80s through like the night, like, I guess even with Shin Godzilla, they decided their movies had to be like two hours long. And I'm like, that's yeah. too much Godzilla. <laughs> like a lot of wasted time of humans trying to be like, how do we stop these monsters? And it's, I don't need to see that. <laughs> see, as like a, a teen into like my young adulthood, I really enjoyed porn. And I feel like you loved Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> I think when I was watching porn, you were watching Godzilla. <laughs> Probably. I was, I was watching a lot of bad, you know, just cheesy movies. Is there Godzilla years? porn? That's what I should should have been my answer. Gay Godzilla porn is what I want to see. I'm changing my my answer from the last episode. And Bert, please do some research <laughs> and find gay Godzilla porn. There probably is. I, there you, probably what is, is. What is it called? Is it Rule Thirty Four or whatever on the internet where they're like, if it exists, there's porn of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's uh, it's probably out there. But yeah, that's what I watched. That's it. Cool. That's fun. Yeah. Well, let's we've talked enough. Let's get to our movies. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a long first half, everybody. Yes. Um uh I go first. Yep, you go first. And I have a handful of options. But you know, this is delayed. It should have come maybe two episodes ago to be properly timed but never too late never forget i'm giving you vfw oh okay because cool. we just had veterans day yeah so yeah, like yeah. i said this is after the fact but still I, I think that we should watch it i'm excited uh i know of this movie um i feel like when it came out 
a couple years ago, probably now, maybe just a year ago. I don't know. COVID time has made me not understand like how much time has passed anymore. Um, Cause I was literally just saying to somebody in a few months, I will have been working from home for two years. Yeah. Uh, and when I said that out loud, that sounded wrong. Like that doesn't sound like the, that sounds like too big of a number, but it is, it's correct. And I was like, Holy shit. Anyway, um, VFW, whenever it came out in the last like few years, uh, I know it is set at a VFW, a veterans uh, hall, veterans of foreign wars, I believe is what VFW stands for. So anyway, and I know it's a bunch of like character actors. Like I know Stephen Lang is in it. Uh, I'm totally blanking on who else was in there because I'd seen, I don't think I ever actually even watched a trailer. I think I just saw ads for it because like bloody disgusting and all the horror movie sites really promoted it when it came out. And I know it's, heard people say it's kind of like assault on precinct 13 or night of the living dead or something green room you know it's a siege movie where they're in a vfw hall and they're fighting whoever the bad guys are um which i think is just i don't know like a i'm gonna say like a biker gang or something like they're fighting bad dudes a gang of some kind maybe it's nazis i don't know neo-nazis but anyway they're fighting to survive somehow they get entangled with these bad guys there in their hall and they're fighting bad guys and i think that's it i think hilarity ensues I was going to say it better. Yeah, I think some goddamn hilarity ensues. And I'm excited to watch it. Good. What are you giving me? Well, I don't know. I was kind of thinking I had like a few options that I want to get to. And I was going to base it off, base it off of what you gave me, uh, the mood I was in. But again, something that sh- I should have done this a little while ago, but I didn't realize I missed the window on it. Um, but on Halloween, that is actually Peter Jackson's birthday, the film director. We all, I'm sure we all know Peter Jackson. Uh, so I'm going Heard to give you his first movie, Bad Taste. Oh, okay. I could not tell you what I, I can see the poster, and there's like a weird looking thing person. <laughs> it's like there's like a, it's like a weird, sh- not weird, an oddly shaped head. Is he wearing sunglasses? Maybe he's wearing sunglasses. Maybe I'm getting it confused with Blues Brothers. But there's an oddly shaped head. An unusually <laughs> shaped head. And I, God, I don't even know. But based off Brain Dead, which I only sort of kind of know. is it, Wait, that's Brain Dead, right? With the monkey? Yeah, br- uh, Brain Dead is the, you know, New Zealand, the domestic title. In the US, it was released as Dead Alive. That's Dead Alive, right. But they're that's one of the same. That one. Okay. They're the same movie, yep. Like, so I imagine it to be like odd and unusual. I just, I don't know. I'm going to say it's some sort of monster movie. God, I just don't even know. A monster movie. I imagine it's going to just be strange and I have no fucking idea. And that's what I'm going with. (laughs) I think that's a, I think that's a great way to go into the flick too, is to have no fucking idea what you're in for. So. Because that's well, how cool. my that was my experience with Dead Alive. Uh, I remember when I first saw it in college, it was uh, like I didn't know much other than like Peter Jackson did the zombie movie before he made Lord of the Rings. And then I watched it and it's like one of the strangest fucking movies like ever, I think. So that poster is so brilliant. Yeah. And just the gore and the kills in Dead Alive are brilliant. So, yeah. Wait, that's a zombie movie. <laughs> I didn't even mention that. Dead Alive. That's a favorite of mine, too. And those zombies do all kinds of crazy shit in that movie. So they have sex. They, like, party. They One of them turns into a giant monster at the end. So, yeah. Weird. Yep. 
Yeah, I don't remember very well. I remember a monkey. I remember a grandma and her like squeezing her thing that squirts in soup. Yep, yep, yep. Awesome. All right. Well, cool. Let's watch these movies that we've never seen before. We'll be back. Come back. Sid, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. back yeah we are let's get to it i do that every time i always want to think of something clever and i'm just like and we're back (laughs) you know sometimes simple is best sometimes it is i am a simple man many people will tell you (laughs) so we're starting things off with vfw and while letterbox does not have a tagline imdb has two one Mm. is it's gonna get bloody and the other is, <laughs> these veterans are in for the fight of their lives. It's going to get bloody. It's much better. Yeah. And the summary is, a typical night for veterans at a VFW turns into an all-out battle for survival when a desperate teen runs into the bar with a bag of stolen drugs. When a gang of violent punks comes looking for her, the vets use every weapon at their disposal to protect the girl and themselves from an unrelenting attack. Mm. That's about it. That's, That's what it. happens. Uh, I literally, after watching this movie, I literally told my wife that Brandy literally, jo, literally, I told her, Brandy Joe knows me so well. <laughs> I knew you were going to like this movie. So I thought this movie was a ton of fun. Like this movie fucking <laughs> rocked as I was watching it. Like I was holding back the urge because I, I don't. It's so hard sometimes to not text you while I'm watching the movie and be like, this rocks. This is awesome because I want to wait till we record. But that's what I wanted to do. I was like, this is so much fun, man. It's particularly fun when I know you're going to like a movie and you haven't for some reason watched it like this and Train to Busan. We're both like, why haven't you seen these? I Yes. And they had been on my radar, like Train to Busan. I kept hearing so much about and people are like, you like zombie movies. You'll fucking love this movie. Uh, But once we started doing the show, you had it on the list like pretty early. So I'm like, I will not watch it until he assigns it to me, even though I've been like dying to watch that one for a long time. Uh, and then VFW. Yeah, this between you and my brother, because my brother was like, you would fucking love this movie. So I'm glad I finally seen it. This was it was Night of the Living Dead meets Escape from New York. Uh, like Totally. Totally what this is like, and definitely calling back to like Carpenter and like eighties horror. Oh, the color. And I love the color scheme so much. And I love that. Like the, the power outage in the VFW happens like pre attack, like it happens right before. So it sort of sets up the tone of how it looks in there, but it's not like a, an aftermath of like them cutting over and like cutting the power. There's just something yeah. about that that I like that it sets it up. Here's what the, the the light we're in. And then, and then everything happens after that. I also, it, it, this was like, it was a weird stylistic choice. And it's, it's sometimes I feel like you don't see it in movies often because when it's done, it can look like it was a mistake, but it was clearly a stylistic choice It is in the beginning. Uh, when they're driving around and going to the VFW hall, the film doesn't look right. Like the lighting looks like it's 
I can't, I don't know if it's over. I think it's underexposed is what you would say, where it looks like you, you can tell it's daytime, but it doesn't look bright enough in the image. So usually that's something with, you know, the camera uh, where you can correct for that. But clearly they didn't to give it a certain like blown out look. Uh, and I, I don't know. I just thought that was a cool stylistic choice to make it like, okay, this looks like a worn out VHS tape, like on yeah. purpose. The graininess of it. Yeah, the grittiness, the graininess, the poor lighting, like, inside the bar like it looked like they were shooting in an actual bar like trying to use a bar's light where it's like yeah it is the lighting is terrible but it's on purpose it's poor lighting on purpose because it fits a certain mood and i loved it and i meant to look to see if there's a kill count for this because so many people die oh god yeah like, this has got a big body count up there yeah and the gore man it was uh you know actually both the movies we are talking about are very <laughs> trauma-esque uh like they're not trauma movies but you feel like they should be because of the style of the violence and the amount of it yeah they both have like a good sense of humor a lot of gore this one's a little more darker in tone and the bad taste is definitely more silly and kind of wacky yeah but this they this has some elements of that now i love the cast for the most part i really like them especially that guy from karate kid who is so hot mm. martin cove or something yes but I, and then george went is just like a, such great casting choice yeah it's like they throw george went in there all of a sudden i'm like oh wow cool yeah i love that who i don't enjoy is sierra mccormick who plays lizard i'm not yeah. a fan of her she's in the vast of night and we need to do something she's also in american horror stories she's like this contemporary little you know i don't want to call her a scream queen but she's done a lot of um genre movies in the last few years and i just find her kind of boring yeah and although i would say she kind of fit the character like because i really related to these old men trying to deal with her where you could feel the exasperation of like this dumb kid like just <laughs> help help us out here and we totally. can help each other i just think she's trying too hard like mm -hmm. I, can, I feel like I can see her acting as opposed to her just being. She's not inhabiting the character. And especially when she's like stacked up against veteran character actors. Everyone else are these incredible, they're all performers that have made a career out of just being who they are uh, and it, you know, working. Like uh, Stephen Lang, I don't uh, think ever really plays anybody that like, isn't Stephen Lang, but you know, variations of Stephen Lang. Cause he's just that good of a character actor. He becomes like everybody he plays and you just, you buy into it. He's so good. I've only seen him in this and the don't breathe movies. I've never seen him in anything else, but he's so daddy. Like his yeah, he, voice. he pops up <clears throat> from like the eighties forward. He's in like a lot of movies. Uh, uh, again, definitely like character actor with a capital C, like he's probably been in stuff you've seen and didn't realize it was him or like in a supporting role or something like that. I think is uh, one of the bigger ones from recent memory is he was in Avatar. No. And uh, yeah, I don't blame you. I'm not crazy about that flick, but. I know I've, I've not seen it. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's not oh, a very okay. good movie. 
At least I don't think so. I'm not crazy about it. He's in Calls, which is that Apple TV show that was so good that was all just like phone calls and visuals. Oh, yeah. You told me about that. So cool. I didn't realize he was. I just kind of pulled up his discography to see if there's or discography. Filmography. Thank you. His filmography and just none of these things have I seen. I think I did see Tombstone, you know, a million years ago since it's from 1993. I think I saw it in the movie theater. Sure. Because I'm from Wyoming, so... Yeah, cowboys, man. Cowboys. Uh... Cowboys are cool. Um, yeah, and and speaking of character actors, though, bunch of char- bunch of character actors we've reviewed in movies. <laughs> so, because you had Stephen Lang, who's from the Don't Breathes. Uh, I was keeping track of everybody. His name's escaping me off the top of my head, but he was T-Bird in The Crow. He's the hippie veteran that uh, gets the, you know, machete to the shoulder and they have him up in the bar. Um, David Patrick Kelly. David Patrick Kelly. Yep. He was in the crow. Okay. One of the bad guys. Um, and uh, uh, William Sadler. Mm-hmm. Uh, so dri- good. Driving the truck. He was the demon knight, the titular demon knight of Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, which we reviewed on here. Oh. So it's, yep. Whole bunch of, whole bunch of faces we've seen before. And he's in Bill and Ted. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And the Shawshank Redemption and the Mist. And then Fred Williamson, who played Abe. I was reading right before we started, I just looked up the trivia. And apparently he was sexually harassing people on the cast. And they had like, they no one was doing anything about it. So they had like a buddy system in place to like not be left alone around him. Yeah, I read a, I read a about that. And I was like, ah, disappointing to hear. And did you also read that there were all these changes in the script and it was supposed to take place in Detroit? I did see that. And I was like, okay. And I do feel like there was an influence from The Crow. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you have one of the actors from that movie, but also it just the vibe felt like, I feel like The Crow is one of the action movies they're borrowing from. Totally. Like the bad guys. Yes, absolutely. It's the most unusual sort of setup, but it makes so Mm -hmm. much sense to have like these veterans in sort of their clubhouse. I mean, I know that's not really what it is, but it's like this place where where they can gather and and tell stories and like share with one another and, you know, all sort of have these shared experiences Mm -hmm. and and they they come from like, I love when the one guy's like, you guys kill people, don't you? And he's like, I can't remember how he responds, but it's something like it's that's not what it is. Yeah, that's different. But I, I could see that some people have that perspective on people who've been in the military, that that's yes. all they do is you just go over there and you just kill people. And there is so much more to that. Sometimes that is a part of it, but that doesn't mean that's all you do. And that isn't what it's about. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the yeah, it's that old axiom. But that was, you know, that was war. It's a different situation than just murder. So some philosophical conversation there, really, actually, like for a movie like this to get into some deep deep territory there i feel like that's a whole it's a whole morality debate you could have and then the young guy coming in like it just has this nice balance of like i like that they didn't just have lizard the young girl come in like they had this young soldier as well who Mm -hmm. sort of happened to come in like because it so easily could have just been the girl and all these old guys but i like that there's this one younger soldier who's just like getting back into town and stop by for a drink. Like, I think that's just added such a nice layer to it all. Oh, absolutely. I also uh, probably, I mean, I'm still such a youngster really, but as I get older, I start to appreciate when movies do things like that, where they're like old people aren't just comic relief or like, you know, 
a punchline in movies they can be capable too so i like the the kind of seeming push against like ageism to have these guys be able to take care of themselves even if they are advancing in age and when this movie talks about like how hype is like the new drug and it's just struck me i'm like i mean granted i'm sober now but it just i haven't heard of a new drug in so long like yeah when we were in like college like it was like ecstasy and i mean mdma probably had been around for a while but like that's yeah. when i really first heard about it and i just don't know that i guess the last thing i remember is that stuff that i don't know why it reminds me of miley cyrus that drug that like you would smoke and get like really stupid for a while but it was like sort of fleeting salvia yes thank you yeah salvia that was big when i was in college did you ever do um, it? Uh, yeah, once. It wasn't uh, like smoking pot. It's like more intense. It didn't really. I don't know if we did something wrong or we had <laughs> shitty stuff or something, but it just felt like pot <laughs> for me. Wasn't it legal or isn't it legal? It was like technically legal due to some like loophole because it was for a minute and then it okay. got. Yeah. But not. Yeah, I think we did it once. And I just remember it being like, yeah, it, it's incredibly fleeting. But I, I didn't, I was like, it just felt like really strong pot for a second. That's all I remember about it. Yeah, I think that's why I was into like speed because I liked the longevity of it. If like I was me doing a drug, I wanted it to last for some time. Uh, yeah, I know. It's it's really like new drugs, like really beyond like Coke, like that kind of came and stayed. I mean, that's been a thing still. So, you know, uh, I don't think there are new drugs. And that's fleeting. <laughs> I never got into, I mean, I did Coke. I didn't get into Coke just mm -hmm. because... It's that sort of thing where you have to keep doing it all the time. And if you want to like yeah. keep going, if you don't want to feel like that total crash, it was like, got to do it, got to do it, got to do it. And mm -hmm. that was miserable. Maybe. How new is like fentanyl? Like, isn't that like technically newish? Yeah, I, I don't guess? know. That sounds miserable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds terrible because all I ever hear about it is you do it and you die. Like, it's really easy to overdose on it. So um, I guess that's like. Well, like most drugs, I feel like most drugs have been around forever. It's just whether the masses discover it and really want to do it. And how it's sort of like changed a little bit and renamed or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of them are like for medical purposes that mm -hmm. eventually people are like, oh, I can get fucked up on this, <laughs> like just yeah. using it. And then it gets hits the streets. So, so now I, ha I have a really serious question. Mm-hmm. Poo-Tang versus Poon-Tang. <laughs> like in this movie, they say Poon-Tang. Yeah. And I thought it was Poo-Tang. Yeah, I have what always heard. What do I've always said Poon-Tang with the N. With the N, huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's always the, the We're phrase some, I'd heard. Some heavy philosophy here on Scary Yep, some deep research onto it. <laughs> like, what's, what's the correct nomenclature? Yeah, oh, that is such a good word, nomenclature. I love mm -hmm. that word. <laughs> the readers write in and tell us Poontang versus Poontang. Yeah, it, what's correct? And I'm Just sure like it's Spanish. I'm pretty sure puta is bitch, but I've also heard punta with the N. And I'm pretty sure it's puta, like P U T A is bitch. It, is it gendered? No, because that would be an O versus an A. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay, and I don't think never. puto is like bastard. But again, hey, do we have any Spanish speaking, you know, listeners? Yeah. I would is love it, to know. Isn't puto a word though? Isn't that like 
I don't know, honestly. Doesn't it? And then you also have like Spanish versus like you know uh, Spanish from another country. Like, okay, isn't puta like slang for pussy in Spanish? Uh, how I t- was taught from our exchange students, we had two of them. Was it yeah, because hijo de puta was son of a bitch in Spanish. Oh, okay. I think it's one of those things where it doesn't really have a direct translation to English and can that be could used. Be like it, it, it takes on approximations of like what we would say in English. Uh-huh. I thought I had heard it used as like calling somebody a pussy. It would be the English version uh, of it. And I think so that's... So many important things. And it also means here. like horror or something like that. One of those. I, I don't know. My Spanish is <laughs> rusty. But uh, somebody else, write in. Are you an expert on Spanish uh, curse words? Now, <laughs> have you... The director, Joe, I think it's Begos. Yeah. Have you seen any of his other movies? I heard Bliss is really good. It looks good. I have not seen the movies. I heard Bliss was good. And I remember when his movie Almost Human came out and that had gotten some like heat in the indie circuit. Yeah, it does um, not have good ratings. It has a 40% meta score and a 4.7 on IMDb. Yeah, and I saw like even the reviews for this movie even, there were on Letterboxd, there was a lot of users that were like, fuck Bagos. Like, I don't know why people don't like this director, but there are people that don't like him. So I don't know if there's something out there. <laughs> It's pretty good on IMDb. It says 72 yeah. and a 6.1. Yeah, it's but pretty good. I thought this was a pretty good flick. So. Yeah, it's stylish. It's fun. It has a, a, a really good sense of humor. Some great gore. Lots of creativity in the kills. You care. Yeah. Like, there's these nice conversations with them that get you set up where. Yeah. You it never feels like, oh, I'm so bored. It's like definitely like getting to know this group of guys. And I think it's very effective so that you care about them and you're long for this ride with them. You don't so much get to know like the the bad guys. I mean, you do spend some time with them, but that's fine. I mean, they're the bad guys. Yeah, they're the bad guys. Uh this is this is like a western too, in a way, which is and I said, this is movie is like Night of the Living Dead meets Escape from New York. And both of those are like informed by Westerns because uh, John Carpenter and George Romero grew up in that era watching the, you know, the good guys get overrun by the bad guys and have to fight their way out. Like that's such a common Western trope that you can see it applied to. Even now, when you do like a siege movie, you're still calling back to those flicks from the 40s and 50s. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I like that there was not. There was not a lot of plot getting in the way of the story, as they say, which is something I enjoy. You can just sit back and watch it, and it's it's good. So how many bongs of the head being used as a wrecking ball <laughs> out of five on the door? That was a really convoluted way to say that. Yes, I couldn't yeah, convoluted. That. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say four. Four head bongs. Four. I'm going to say three and a half. Because I looked, and that's what cool. I gave it before. That's about where I lie again, mm-hmm. which still means we have scare of approval. I just, I don't know. There's, I think it's partially that girl. If she were great, I think I would give it four yeah. stars. So I'm blaming her on okay. losing a half star. Lizard, lizard. God damn it, lizard. She's just. I don't want to see more of her, and she's yeah. cute. I just, I'm like, okay, I got it. You're over it. But yeah, the rest of this movie fucking rocks. Definitely worth checking it out. Check it out, guys. It's fun. It's really fun. Um, So I guess we're moving on to the next one. Uh, And that is Bad Taste, which I noticed 
also doesn't have a tagline on uh, uh, Letterboxd, but there is one on IMDb, which uh, I don't think is all that good anyway, <laughs> which the tagline on IMDb is, one thing the aliens hadn't counted on was Derek, and Derek's don't run. It has five of them, actually. Oh, is there more? There's more. There's also, the bastards have landed. And watch out, aliens. Here comes Derek. And <laughs> human meat for intergalactic hamburgers. And crumbs crunchy delights. <laughs> and Derek, 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 Derek. I feel like and they, choose your own adventure. Which one they, would you like? They, they leaned into the Derek a lot on those They did. Ones. Okay. The letterbox description. A bad taste. Directed by Peter Jackson. A team from the intergalactic fast food chain, Crumb's Crunchy Delights descends on Earth, planning to make human flesh the newest taste sensation. After they wipe out the New Zealand town, Kaihora, the country's astronaut investigation and defense service is called in to deal with the problem. Uh, it goes on for a bunch more sentences, but I'm not going to read all that because that's just <laughs> much. Because that sums it up right there. Guys fighting aliens. Um, so take it away. What a fucking wild ass motherfucking movie that is, it is some <laughs> crazy shit and i yes. mean here's the thing if i'd never seen brain dead or uh, dead alive brain dead whatever and that was a long time ago as we talked about in the first part if i had never seen that this movie would especially be like what in the actual fuck but that movie definitely sort of primes you for this yes so it doesn't feel like totally like what in the world because it is very similar there's things squirting it's gross there's heads open yeah but it, like it is insane to think that this is peter jackson and when i think of peter jackson i know most people think of lord of the rings i think yeah. of heavenly creatures which yeah. was sort of one of my first forays into him i think after i saw brain dead or dead His fourth Alive. movie heavenly creatures oh god it's so brilliant and it's so sad and so amazing and kate Winslet, Very and melanie good movie. melanie linsky who i'm so glad is still working in this world she is so good and she's so great in that movie and i mean kate winslet was a nobody then mm -hmm. and it's just so so good and it's just like insane to think that that beautiful movie is done by this insane director what a freak show what a freak show <laughs> but it's so creative you just have to admire it oh yeah this is definitely like I said, trauma-esque. Like this feels like it should have been a trauma movie, but it's just Peter Jackson by himself in New Zealand. It also feels heavily influenced by the Evil Dead. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I thought watching it this time. I'm like, this is Evil Dead if it was made in New Zealand by crazy people. This is yep. what you get. Yep. It feels so much like that. I'm surprised it didn't ever do anything else. I, and sometimes it feels like a bad porn, like not mm -hmm. in the sense that there's like nudity because I don't think there is any, but just in like th how it looks, like it looks like any second now sex is going to happen. <laughs> like it yes. just feels like the seventies, even though it's yeah. like the eighties, it just feels very seventies, early eighties porn. Yeah. I, um, I have not watched this movie in many years. Uh, I discovered it in college uh, and I definitely watched it more than a few times back then because it was like a favorite like a late night you know watch favorite for a minute uh and it, yeah around that time i had discovered dead alive then this movie heavenly creatures um he's got another one meet the feebles 
which is like a parody of Muppets, except they're fucking and killing each other and doing drugs. Uh, So yeah, I discovered all his early work and was like, this guy is nuts. It's weird that he went from these really sometimes heavy, crazy horror movies to like Lord of the Rings. Uh, But I forgot that this movie looks like somebody's home video because Mm -hmm. it is somebody's home video from the eighties in New Zealand. So I was like, wow, I forgot how rough this thing looks. Uh, Yeah. It is rough looking, but it also is impressive. Like it's like if Mm -hmm. you found this and someone was like, I made this, this movie, like while it looks rough, it's also incredibly impressive. Like, yeah, especially the stunt work. Yeah. To think that like, you just did this. You guys probably could have died probably broke some bones like doing some of this stuff but it's like especially like on the cliffs and all that where it's like oh yeah that's really him hanging off the peter jackson himself hanging off the cliff there while they're filming it playing both the roles derek and the alien in that one scene and and also it's like the the gore is so great it's awesome it's so much fun like just like the head inside the head is so gross. You're just like, this is disgusting. And I love it. Yeah. I just give so many, so much, all the props to Peter Jackson. This is a great case of, if you want to make a movie, just make your own damn movie. He shot it over the course of four years. Took him four years to make this thing. Just shooting on like on weekends, usually just Sundays. Like every Sunday they shot a little bit of the movie over the course of four years and put this together. And these are all just his buddies that were the actors in it. So, yeah, I mean, I do get a little tired of it as you move along, but then I really like the ending. So it sort of helps it out. But there's like this, this little bit of time, maybe like three fourths of the way through where I'm like, okay, but it's not like a lot of the trauma movies where I'm like, reach that point much earlier it definitely happened later but then it comes around again like when that house takes off and then yeah. it just gets all fucking insane again up in the house yeah like, yeah tra- tra- trauma movies tend to be like once the shock of like whatever the insane plot is about wears off it just kind of putters along until the movie's over and so you're like yeah i remember the crazy scenes but a lot of it is like i'm just waiting for the movie to be done uh whereas this one I felt like I really felt that the first like 20 minutes to half hour have some cool like stunts and craziness going on. Um, It kind of starts off where you have no idea what the fuck the plot is. Like what is even going on? And then you kind of just ease into it. Like, all right, it's just these guys are fighting aliens, I guess. But um, after the first half hour, it kind of drags. Like it gets really, it just keeps going along chase after chase scene. But then it gets to the ending and it goes nuts totally nuts with the ending sheep get blown up with a bazooka oh yeah that was great like house takes off as a spaceship derek's trapped in space like he chainsaws his way through the alien like head to ass oh my god like the ending's great the ending is fucking fantastic i love it so much and it's just there's also that texas chainsaw massacre moment where like the guy rings the doorbell and the guy comes out and like hits him with a hammer. It just feels very meeting yeah. their face for the first time. Oh, sure. This, yeah, this reeks of somebody like us that spent too much time watching horror movies. And then it was like, I'm going to make my own. And you can see where all of his influences are coming from. Evil Dead, Texas Chainsaw, uh, all over the Looney Tunes, like cartoons. Totally like Three Stooges. Like it totally yeah. feels. It's all there. Out there, all over the place. 
but just like such a fucking great ride. Like what a, a, a wow. Definitely not for everyone. That is for no, sure. no. This was totally the kind of thing that, like I said, in my college years, I had already discovered like the evil dead trilogy in like high school. And then in college, I graduated to people who were like, watch Peter Jackson's early movies if you liked Evil Dead and shit like that. So then I discovered these and I'm like, this is my antidote to like, I was that edgy guy where I'm like, I don't want to watch this stupid Oscar bait drama everybody else is talking about. I'm going to watch these gross movies like this and trauma movies. So, yeah, I would watch this probably over a trauma movie any day, except for maybe Toxic Avenger. And yeah. I definitely would watch it again because there is a little bit of like that, like in the beginning, I'm like, I don't understand who I like. I can tell these individual guys apart, but I don't really understand what the fuck, how they're related, <laughs> what they're doing, what, what the fuck. Yeah. But, but that was okay. It just, yeah. I think watching it a second time, it would, that through line would be a little bit easier to follow. Now, rumor has it that Peter Jackson is doing restorations of these movies himself. Uh, so sometime in the near future, we're supposed to get like 4K ultra high definition restorations of this movie, Meet the Feebles, Dead Alive, and Heavenly Creatures. Now, is Meet the Feebles glossy or does it look real low budget like this? From what I remember, it looks real low budget. Like okay. his his first step towards like glossiness, I think, was Dead Alive. And then the movie he made after Dead Alive was Heavenly Creatures, which is like a legit big film production. Uh, what you come to think of, you know, with actual movies. So and that's so random that that that's where he went. And I mean, I know that that's like a true story, but it just mm -hmm. like how weird to go from those three movies to Heavenly Creatures. Yeah. And maybe a good career choice, too. To not get pigeonholed as the gross out horror guy. Totally. And then the Frighteners I've only seen once and it was like a million years ago. And I did not remember loving it. I enjoy the Frighteners. I've, I've seen it a few times, mostly just like, it's one of those, I caught it on cable like a few times over the years. Uh, it, it's not fantastic, but it's got its charms. I like Michael J. Fox, so he kind of carries oh, yeah. the whole thing. So cute. And you know, when I saw it, I don't think I'd seen any of his films yet. And maybe mm. I need to revisit it because I wonder if now that I've seen these earlier ones, it could inform how I feel about that. I feel like it might a little bit. Cause yeah, the Frighteners was kind of his jump back to like, I'm going to do horror again. Like, cause I stepped away from it to do some other stuff and, but definitely gonna... glossy Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a Hollywood production. So it was, uh, the Frighteners was actually supposed to be a tales from the crypt movie. Oh, when it started production. Yeah. It was supposed to have that branding, but for some reason it fell through and they just made it its own movie. When I think of it, I think of it as a ghostbusters ripoff. Yeah, it kind of is. Okay. Definitely, definitely a Ghostbusters informed <laughs> homage. Okay. okay. Yeah, I need to rewatch that. And then are you a fan of King Kong? I enjoyed his King Kong. It's too long. Yeah. Um, it's not like my favorite thing to sit down and be like, I'm going to watch his like over three hour long King Kong movie. But it was a pretty good movie, I thought. I know mm -hmm. a lot of people had issues with it, but I enjoyed it. And did you watch the Hobbit movies? Yes, those were disappointing. All of them? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. The whole thing was just because I love the Hobbit, the book. Okay. That's like my favorite book. And uh, yeah, they it should have been like one movie. I don't know why they 
I, oh, I know why money. They were like, stretch this out into a trilogy somehow, like you did with Lord of the Rings. But right. that was already based on a trilogy of books. So it made sense to turn the Hobbit into a trilogy. It's a children's novel. It shouldn't, it's not that much story. So yeah, that's a lot. That is, like, it is. They made up a lot of shit. That's like, that's not in the book. That's like not seven, in the book. eight hours. That's insane. Yeah. Should have been one movie, maybe two at the most. Okay. I hope he goes back to horror at some point. Sometimes when I'm like, oh, didn't he do this? I get him confused with Guillermo del Toro. Yes. And they got mind. very similar styles. Yeah. Especially they their do. Hollywood output have a similar vibe. Yeah. But so far, I don't see anything in development with Peter Jackson that there's like some tin, the adventures of Tintin, which sounds just horrible to me. That was a, um, I used to watch the cartoons when I was a kid. The Adventures of Tintin. It's like a French comic book that became a Is it a, a dog? Is Tintin a dog? No, he's a man or a oh. boy. Uh, he has a dog. Oh, okay. I think I'm probably thinking of Rin Tintin. You're thinking of Rin Tintin. Yeah, That's Tintin. A, I'm thinking of Rin Tintin. Yes. Tintin was a man, a French man. If you say so. As far as I remember, so. Well, I think Bad Taste is super fun and yeah if you've not watched it and you like your your movies a little bit wacky a little bit weird and want to be impressed with what someone can do with very little then you should check it out i also love the poster which is an alien holding an ak-47 giving the finger uh that's and just... it is very blues brother looking <laughs> yeah it's just that's fantastic simplicity at its best um yeah, very yeah weird so out of five bowls of edible alien barf that was so gross how many do you give it i'm gonna give it four. Oh, cool wow higher we're, we're, we're flopping here i'm gonna give it three and a half. Oh, you are i yeah. was gonna give it three and a half but as we talked about more i was more impressed and i and i upped yep. the ante yeah i gave it a three and a half just because of the the dragging the middle mm. of the, the whole middle of the movie was just so i was kind of forcing myself to get through it again where i was like i used to freaking love this thing what's wrong but then it got to the ending and i'm like ah yeah okay that's it these are the parts i remember it's just the beginning and the end that's like what's memorable so three and a well, half it's still scare of approval yes 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 two fun movies that's what they are they're fun they're violent they're gory and delicious. They kind of complemented each other pretty well, too. They did. They did. Yeah. So if you guys are looking for a double feature idea out there, do these two. Well, good times. Well, good times. I mean, thank you for writing so many messages to us. We'd love more. We love more. We love more. More. We love your questions. More. Give me, give me more. Give me more. We're never satisfied. <laughs> I'm always satisfied. Well, I want more questions. Let me talk some more. <laughs> no, don't write questions. Don't no, don't let him. More. Don't make him talk at me. Well, Jeremy, always great to see you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being you. <laughs> and you know what? Make sure that you go out there and hail Paymon. And uh, death to Videodrome. Long live the new flesh. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> Till next time, guys. Uh, you know, stay obsessed with horror and talk about horror. Tell everyone about horror. You should blow people's minds with 
how fucking weird you are because you won't shut up about horror. Sorry, I'm talking about my own life here. No, that's what you need to do because scaring <laughs> is sharing. And that's what we're here for, to share the scares with each other and you. Yep. Bye. Well, until next time. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.